Trevor, and welcome home to your Boo Crew. This is episode 335, and my microphone is like swinging to the side, and it's really annoying me. So I'll deal with it here. So you listening get to hear, <laughs> hear this janky microphone spinning around and around. How's everybody doing? We're doing great. Well, I don't Fantastic. know why I spoke for you. <laughs> We're doing great. You often speak for me. That's all right. Yeah, that's Go on. true. You do everything I do. I do everything you do. It's just how it goes, right? That's true. So I wanted to say before we get going, because although we've been doing it for a while, a lot of people still do not know that this is a reality, but we do have a TV show. Uh, There is a visual version of what we do here weekly, sometimes multiple times a week on the podcast. Not only do we get to torture your ears, but we make you want to tear out your eyes as well. This is true. <laughs> you can find you can find right. the the TV version of this on Bloody Disgusting TV. That's a 24/7 streaming channel available on Roku, Vizio Smartcast, Pluto, and many more and online at youtube.com/bdhorrortrailersandclips. At time of release, also we got to talk about this Come meet us in person if you really want to be disappointed. <laughs> except for except for Lauren and Leo, though, who are amazing and gorgeous and kind and, and all that good stuff. But a couple of well, events. I'm single, so yeah. <laughs> and Leo's single. So there's a couple events coming up that we have to talk about. First of all, Friday, July 29th, 30th, and 31st, we are one of 350 booths at Midsummer Scream in Long Beach. That is basically. The Comic-Con of Horror. Some of the cool things they do is the Hall of Shadows, where haunters get to set up miniature versions of haunts and things designed sometimes especially for this event that you can walk through during the event and then go to the booths and then go and see panels on the upper floors. And some of the panels are fantastic. Kirk Hammett's going to be there doing one called The Original Monster Kids, talking to the children and grandkids of Bella Lugosi and Boris Karloff and Long Chaney, uh, Lon Chaney Jr. and Sr. and Vincent Price to talk about their legacies. Grim Life, our buddies at Grim Life are going to be there That's as well. That's so cool. Doing a panel. So the tickets for that are at midsummerscream.org and you can find us at booth 620. Nice. And we are teaming up with the folks at Screambox and Bloody Disgusting. Kind of like our little community. So we're we're all going to be there, giving the Boo Crew and Bloody Disgusting and Screambox love. And you can come by and say hi, get postcards. We'll have our pens and all that kind of stuff. We'll have shirts there as well. Yep. And uh, yeah, do you get Midsummer Screams, like a classic. You guys uh, excited to, oh, to be back there? Oh, I'm so excited. I love the yeah. little haunts. That's my favorite thing to go through. It's just so creative what everybody does, and I love it, and I love getting scared, and it's just, it feels like home. And we haven't even had a chance to talk to Leo in a while now, and I'll tell you why exactly in, in, in a few here. But Leo, there is rumors that we are going to host a panel there, and we will tell you all about it once this is wrapped, because I don't know if it's been officially announced yet, and we're still kind of ironing well, out the details, but uh, yeah, right. <laughs> you may see us on the stage at Midsummer, or maybe not. 
We'll see. <laughs> I hope so. If all goes well, it'll happen. Yes. Uh, another event, August 5th at the Federal Bar in North Hollywood. This is a beautiful, historic bar. We are joining our friends at Mystic Museum. That is an incredible art gallery store and hub of the horror community here in LA for a Jennifer's Body themed club night. Oh, you had Trevor at Historic. Well, and Jennifer's Body, (laughs) two of my most favorite things in the world. It's called Hell is a Teenager. It's a one night only, 21 and over event. It goes on from 9.30 to 1.30 a.m. to celebrate one of the best movies ever made. There's going to be live music, DJs, themed drinks. Now, we don't really drink, but I I want to try Jennifer's Body drinks. That's right. That's right. Through the trees. You can sing along. Holding your, your uh, I don't know, what do they have? Like a, a Nicoloy or something, right? They name the drinks after the... Yes. Yeah. Or the claw. Right? Uh, yeah. The teacher with the claw, right? Oh, yeah. Um, right. I'm curious to see what they come up with. And photo ops are going to be there. Exclusive merch and a portion of the proceeds go to mental health charities and organizations in support of women's rights. Cosplay is welcome. And just announced, speaking of Through the Trees, Ryan Levine. Woo! Who's the writer and voice behind the fictional band in the movie Low Shoulder. That's who Adam Brody is lip syncing that song through the trees. He's actually, he plays one of the guys in the band in the movie too. The guitarist, right? Yeah. He's going to be there and possibly doing a special performance. Don't know what it could be. What do you think? (laughs) I don't know, but I'm excited. Yeah, this is going to be a night to remember. I don't know if this has ever really, if any event like this has ever happened surrounding this movie before. Not that I'm aware of. Right? They had that. No, oh, the I think t- this is the first. Yeah, they had that 10th anniversary screening over at the Egyptian that we went to, where it was a Q&A with Karin Kusama, and Megan Fox was there as well. And, of course, we had uh, Megan and, and Diablo here on our show talking about the anniversary of the film. But an actual club night where everybody can go and kind of celebrate this movie together. We can't wait. And we're going to be there as co-sponsors of the event. We'll have a table there. And we might... Have exclusive Boo Crew merch there as well. Oh my gosh. We'll see how that goes. Jinx it. Uh, Well, I'm throwing all these things up in the air, like jinxing absolutely everything. Person, we need this shirt ASAP, (laughs) as cheap as you can get it, as cool as you can get it. And hey, our friend, can you design this artwork for us like tonight? Okay. I know. We're we're like unorganized assholes, is what we are. God. But anyway, Suck. we're trying we're try, try oh, to put man. something very special <laughs> together <laughs> and we're going to be hanging out there the night. And uh, also, speaking of merch, I noticed something on the, the Boo Crew Instagram. Leo, I don't know if you picked this up, but we posted a picture of one of our good friends, Shorter on Twitter, S yeah. Horror on Twitter, wearing one of our Boo Crew t-shirt designs. And we've had a bunch of people actually ask where they can get a Boo Crew shirt. Well, at any of those events that I mentioned, if you're local to the L.A. area, we will have those shirts on site. And if you are interested in getting one for yourself and you don't, you can't make it to one of these events, you can drop us a DM and we can tell you the designs we have, the sizes and Pick one to your heart's content and uh, we'll tell you how much it costs and so we can pay ourselves back for all the shirts we haven't sold. (laughs) The thing that amazes me and I'm just like, what are we doing wrong? Well, there's a lot we're doing wrong, evidently. Exactly. (laughs) But why do people not know we have shirts? Like, we must be really bad 
at promoting that we have shirts. We're bad at promoting everything, let's be honest. All right, I guess. <laughs> we just got to we got to learn from who are some of the great marketers. What's that dude? What's that dude, Leo, who does all the uh, Gary V? Yeah, Gary V. Exactly. The local yeah, we boogeyman. Need Gary v in. <laughs> yeah, the, the local, local boogeyman. Local boogeyman. <laughs> He's amazing. He's also amazing at at, at marketing <laughs> his his swag and brand. Yeah. But yeah, we got to get to like Gary V or some sort of consultant to give us tips on on how to market ourselves more because nobody knows we have a, a, any shirts and nobody knows we have a TV show. Barely anybody knows we have a podcast. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> this right. is <so> true. <laughs> It's so um, nice we could laugh about right. this. Right. Or we, we just cry. We just sit here and cry. For, I do. I do for 30 cry minutes. at night sometimes. <laughs> Please, though, if you, if you want to go to the uh, Mystic Museum Jennifer's Body event, also sponsored by Liquid Death, you can buy your tickets at themysticmuseum.com. And Kiko and Eric from the Mystic Museum will be joining us right here for an episode all about it later this week. All right. So today, no guest. Woo. We waited this long to tell you so you wouldn't tune out. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure they figured it out when yeah. they went to click yeah. on the episode and they didn't see a guest name, but thanks for letting them know. Yeah. Let's get this elephant out of the room first. We were at Comic-Con. Lauren and I were over at Comic-Con. <sighs> we sure were. Our very first time. How was it? Yeah, well, it was it was very interesting. Leo, have you ever been to a to San Diego Comic-Con before? Yes, I've been once, and that was a year that Joe Hill was. Okay, remember, we all came from radio, right? And uh, we used to do the morning show for K Rock. We used to broadcast live from there every, every year. And that year we had Joe Hill come on. I think it was for the for Hill Horns, I believe. Oh, cool. Because remember, the book was massive, and uh, I didn't stay, so I had to come back, right, to LA. And of course, later I found out that. Guillermo del Toro came by. I was hanging out. No way! By the oh, K Rock yeah. booth. What the yes. hell? Oh, that I is so awesome! Pissed. Oh my! I was God. so pissed. What? I'm like, really, really. Uh, I'm like, I just left like 20 minutes, and you know, I'm like headed back to LA. And then I hear, the, you know, I get the text message. And I'm like, oh, this sucks. Oh man. Well, <laughs> oh, what did, what did, what was your take on just Comic Con in general? What did you think of it when you went? It's incredible. It's massive. Yeah. I mean, uh, for me at the time. Like, you know, like, sure, there's Star Wars and all that stuff going on. But for me, it's all the Hall H, like the big Marvel stuff, you know? Yeah. So it was like, what are they announcing? Oh, the new Avengers movie. Oh, the new Iron Man 3. What You know, whatever at the time, you know? So for me, it was like that stuff. But there's no way I was going to wait 17 hours in line to get in those rooms. So I was just like, I'll watch it streaming from home or from the office, you know, or or whatever. But um, it's a very massive experience when when you think about it. It's like... You know, we do these cons, these horror cons, and, and they're they're much, much, much smaller. But Comic Con is like it's just too big. You know, it's just there's just every studio has a, every studio, every movie, every production has a party. You think about it, and it goes. The parties are not even just in the hotels. Sometimes they're on boats. You know, so yeah, that's why it's the a whole, massive. The whole massive city kind of becomes yeah. this pop culture mecca. That's what we notice. Because again, yeah. for us first yeah. timers, we had no real idea what to expect. This thing's been going on since the seventies, and it's now to the point where yep. yeah, it's, it's taken over the city. So we were lucky enough um, to stay in a hotel right near the convention center, and um, 
I mean, just walking. I mean, the hotel, every hotel down there, it just becomes Comic-Con. Even the people who work at the hotel are wearing right. like Batman shirts or whatever. Oh, Everybody's yeah. into the spirit. And our kids went with us and they got their Comic-Con bags and their badges and we were all ready to go. And the reason we were there was Discovery Plus it was so kind to have me host Kesha's Conjuring Kesha panel about her paranormal TV show that's on Discovery Plus. And um, it was just what an honor, first of all, but just uh, just so crazy to be hosting a panel at Comic-Con, first of all, and to experience what that was like. The room was packed. Lauren and the kids. I saw that. Were able to that sit. room was massive. Yeah, it, it was, was It was huge. Lauren <laughs> and the kids that. got got seats right yeah. in the front row, and we were wondering if um, if little Thayer was going to start yelling my name and and running up and down the aisles or, or anything. But he didn't. He was really well behaved. It was great. Yeah, he was nice. so good. I was so shocked that he was so well behaved. It was yeah. It's all fun and games until you know until Kesha stops starts dropping f bombs. Right? <laughs> well, yes, it was very interesting. Oh, yeah. Kesha was awesome though. She's such a yeah. character and she's so fun. And she had like this. She came out in this like crazy rubber outfit, really like a rubber neat. top. And yeah, yeah she I saw fantastic. That. Her hair was all up in those like high ponytail braids and everything. Yes. It was really cool. We had Gata, Big Frida was there, Jake Tani, who I became really good friends with, is Kesha's nice. camera guy. And he's also the camera guy on The Deadliest Catch. Which is Oh, crazy. no way. Yeah, so I was asking him because I like, I got crazy motion sick on boats. <laughs> yeah. right? Like, and I, yeah. like The Deadliest Catch, oh my God, like those fishing boats. Are you kidding me? That's an- That's like I get nightmare. sick on the cruise line. I can't even imagine on one of those, like, oh my God. And I was telling him, like, the worst thing about being seasick or motion sick is the fact that you know you're not going to die. That you're going to have to live right. through this awful feeling <laughs> you're feeling. Right. And I was like, how do you do it? And he's like, well, the first 24 hours, I just barf as I'm looking out the camera. Like, look off to the like looking out the camera. Because he's like, you have oh. no idea, like, looking through the camera lens. Imagine that. Oh, man. Like, not only is your equilibrium thrown off from being on a boat, but you're looking through the camera lens trying to work and trying to get stuff right. in frame. Then your your balance is really thrown off. So he's just like, looks through like, blah, like for 24 hours straight. Oh, and then just gets used to it. It. Oh my God! I would walk off the set that day. I don't know what I would just jump into the ocean. Oh, that's the worst! Like, oh my God! But anyway, props out to Jake Tony, an incredible dude, and an incredible show. And to get ready for the panel, obviously, I like binge the whole series of the show. Oh my yeah. God! It is such a fantastic show. And Leo, did you? I don't know if you saw the one they had. Uh, Gata, they took him to the Westerfeld house oh, in that San house Francisco. Is yes. So cool! Oh yes. my, what a gorgeous house! First of all, like yeah. an architectural masterpiece. Just to be able to see the interior of that house, like get a tour of that house through the the lens of, of Kesha's cameras, were was was astounding. Right. And then you saw that part where the planchette literally jumps across a spirit board. It's crazy. Yep. And it, you can tell that yeah. they barely have their fingers on it. Like, you can tell they're just, like, not touching it. And when it moved, I jumped. And I, I was... Because That's I saw crazy. that and I was like, okay, this is either the first time I've seen a le- legitimate proof of paranormal activity on any of these paranormal shows, right? 
was this moment that I saw this planchette leap across a Ouija board to the pure astonishment of Kesha and Gaeta and the camera crew. I had to ask, like, off the record when I was there, like, listen, guys, did you, you guys like that was fake, right? No, it was fucking real. Oh, she she made it, sure yeah. as like uh, as one of the producers on the show that everything was completely legit, including that right. moment. I am chilled. Yeah. Like, right? Oh. Like, oh my God. Yeah. So I don't know. Crazy. I love I love the way that she kind of brings her own brand and personality and sense of humor to uh, the paranormal hunting. It makes it really fun. And she's learning about all these tools that they use. In the- and I love that all her tools have these like really cute rhinestones. Yeah, they're all them. like bedazzled paranormal tools. Yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. But yeah, it was a great time hosting the panel. I would love to do it again. Discovery Plus, if you're listening i'm your guy and it was just fun roaming around i mean one of the coolest things was just seeing all the costumes oh my gosh it was so neat right like just walking in front of yeah uh, in front of the convention center we saw people dressed as oh that beetlejuice costume that you had posted on instagram yeah there were so many she had like the the carrot the beetlejuice carousel Carousel. coming out of her head and everything and we saw twisty the clown from american horror story and while i was walking zach galligan just walked like right past me <laughs> he didn't recognize you. No. Well, I had my mask on, and the kids were like, "Who's uh, that?" And I was looking at him. I was like, "That's fucking Zach Elligan." Yeah. You know? But yeah, I had my mask on because I'm, st- you know, still paranoid of the. Well, of, you had to wear a mask inside. Yeah, you did have a have to wear a mask inside, but I just left it on outside because we had all our kids, and it was just easier just to freaking keep it on and, and get on, you know, keep all the kids wrangled. But yeah, they were very cautious about the COVID uh, protocols at, at that place, which I, I loved. Like they had uh, vaccination, uh, you had proof of vaccination or testing on the way in. Everybody had to wear a mask inside or they would see you and kick you out instantly and you even had to have a a covid band with proof of your vaccination or test around your arm even to be let in front of the convention center outside yeah and one of my favorite things that was there was they had this uh nickelodeon and i love that that like netflix was there and nickelodeon and paramount plus and hbo max like Everybody was there and they all had really cool setups. But Nickelodeon, since I had my four kids, they had this really cool Monster High setup that looked super creepy because they have a new live action film coming out. And you went inside this like haunted was well, it a haunted house or it was basically, Yeah, it was basically set up to be like part of the Monster High high yeah. school. So you went in and you got to play a game and it was really fun. And yeah, you had to open all their lockers and each locker you open, there was a character from Monster High. And then you had to run to a shelf and like grab all the items and stick them in the in the right character's locker. Yeah. You know, like Draculaura, oh, so you'd cool. go and find whatever her... Fang, yeah. Fangs or Yeah, her whatever. fangs or a bat purse or something. Yeah, yeah. Put it all in. Oh, it was cool. awesome. Some of them were tricky, though. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, like, oh. I lost. I know I won. Yeah, you you guys won. We, we were the creeps, and you were the what were you the moons? The moons, the moons. Nice. And then all my ten year old wanted to do was find a freaking Hellfire Club shirt. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> the whole time He's obs- when you say ten year old, I'm trying to think ten year old. Which which ones are ten year old? Evie. Evie. Oh, yeah. okay. He's obsessed with Evie's obsessed with Eddie and uh, Metallica's Master of Puppets now. 
Okay. In Stranger Things. But he has never seen the show, which is so <laughs> interesting. Well, it's because kids these days, you know, not a lot of them even have to watch the show to know what it is, right? From TikToks yeah. and YouTube clips, right. right? And they just get obsessed with a moment from the show, right? Which is right. interesting. Yeah. So this moment of the show is all built up. So he, him and I are in the garage practicing Master of Puppets, and he's trying to get me to show him how to play it on guitar. And that's a very hard song to play on guitar. Yeah. Like a right hand yes. workout, right? Like I was trying to remember right. how to play it. My right hand was cramping up. Yeah. But uh, anyway, um, yeah. So yeah. so he never did find uh, <laughs> he never did find his shirt. And boy, was he ever making a big deal out of it, pulling us all over the com- Comic-Con floor and um, making our lives a living hell. but like and the worst part was like every five people they would be wearing the shirt they wanted of course (laughs) the cosplayer rub it in constant reminder of what he didn't have and what he wanted but it was really fun and it was a great little vacation even though you were technically working. Oh, yeah, but it was all good. Hey, it was Kesha, man. It was awesome. Yeah. And then you guys went to an old uh, historic spaghetti factory, which I'm very jealous of. That was really cool. I'm amazed at all the... like around. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they're almost all haunted, the ones that are around, as far as I know, right? They're usually in historic buildings. Yeah, it was haunted by the mess that our children left. <laughs> yeah, there you go. We <laughs> said it was in it was in probably... It was in the gas lamp district, right? Yes. So it's probably in an old, old-ass building. Yeah, it was really cool. And they, I feel like they really catered to the old building and had like old oh like old furniture and yeah. stuff like that and they always park that fucking trolley in the middle of the restaurant right they have that they have a trolley in the middle of the restaurant where you can eat inside the train no i didn't notice because again i had our four kids by myself yeah i think they have to do that i think that's part on brand for the old spaghetti factory franchise I'll tell you the bathroom is like on the second or third floor. It's like, and you have to walk up the stairs and you know, it was like, <laughs> traumatic. sounds traumatic to you. I don't know what happened. It, it was a little traumatic. <laughs> I will say that if you are in the LA area, we're doing a lot of talk about old spaghetti factory, but in the LA area, if you are by Duarte, there is an amazing old spaghetti factory in an old schoolhouse, and it is haunted AF, as they yes. say. There's some stuff that went down in the principal's office. Apparently. Allegedly. Oh, wow. No, I believe it. You believe, I, I believe something went down there, because when you even when you go to the bathroom, and in the old spaghetti yeah. factory in Duarte, the bathrooms are in the basement. And usually when you go down there, you were the only one there, and it feels very intense and very strange. Yeah, it feels weird. It does. It feels like you're almost, you cross through a portal when you go down those stairs, right? Like the gravity's weird down there. Right? It feels like you're not supposed to be there. Yes, exactly. Why? I don't know. And there's an elevator that goes from the dining area down to the restroom area, which is just one floor. But I've honestly, I've gone and, and taken that elevator down and it even makes it more eerie. When did you take the elevator? I usually, like when, we, when we've last been, which has been a few years now, but I usually, when I go, I'll take the elevator just for the heck of it because it's bizarre. Yeah, no thanks. Leo, have you been to that one? Have we taken wow. you to that one yet? No, we haven't gone. I, I know you've talked about it so many times, and I'm like, I think we planned it once. We were supposed to go or something, but we, we didn't, it didn't work out. But Oh, man. Um, it is so man, cool. I, I want to go. It is go. so cool. And also because like all the, the pictures, there's framed pictures on the walls of all like class, classes and, and students in that school who went to that school. 
in yeah. front of it, inside the rooms that are now dining rooms. Like the, cla- the, the classrooms have become dining rooms. They do murder mystery events and stuff there too. And it's very suitable for that. It's all stained glass inside. It's very beautiful. And the main dining room is in the school gymnasium. And that's where they plop the on-brand trolley right in the middle. And you can eat inside the train. I feel spaghetti. like we should be sponsored. We should be. By OSF. And, oh, my God, you make me think of Mazithra. Mazithra cheese oh, that yeah. they put on the pasta there. It's good on the broccoli. Nice. It's like their own brand of cheese. It's like a mix of Parmesan. I don't know what, but it is so fucking good. It's the ghost of breast milk. <laughs> what? Oh my Probably. God. The ghost of breast milk? What's that cheese? Now people are real. You listening are going, what the hell did I download? <laughs> 24 minutes of this bullshit. And now they're talking about breast milk. <laughs> yeah, and we had what? 24 minutes more. What is going on? What you know what? I on? still have breast milk in the freezer. What? See? What? Let's make cheese. Cheese. The other day. Oh my gosh. What? From how long ago? From Thayer? <sighs> Might have even been Jade. I mean, it was old. <laughs> I mean, it's still in there. I don't know what I'm saving it for. Maybe make more jewelry? Maybe. She did make it. <laughs> you listening, if you've not heard this this one before, Lauren made jewelry well, I didn't out of her breast milk. Well, I didn't physically made it. No, she make had it. it. She had it shipped off to someone who makes jewelry out of breast milk. Yeah, and it, it's really pretty. It looks like an ivy rose or... Yeah, it almost looks like white chocolate. Yeah. Right? And they make uh, form jewelry out of it. Yeah, and they made a rose, like a rosebud, and put it on a chain. People always compliment me when I wear it, and I'm never like, oh, you know what, that's actually breast milk. I have to, like, really know the person and be like, oh, hey, that's breast milk. Right. (laughs) Because if I said that to a stranger, they'd be like, okay, you're weird. But, um, yeah, I guess I'm just saving it for that and also i think about all the hours i spent pumping and it makes me sad that that was wasted so are you gonna send it away maybe we can make a piece of furniture with it there's probably enough of it in there well look look here's the deal we know a lot of horror filmmakers and it's just a matter of time before one of them calls and it's like or, you know, put, put, post a message out there somewhere in the Twitter verse and it's like, hey, anybody got breast milk? You know, and just watch. Just watch. I'm pretty Somebody's sure going to make some bloody make... breast milk scene and you're going to be like, oh, I got it. I got That's it. It's horrible. Yeah, bloody breast milk scene. I feel like people could make some fake looking breast milk because it doesn't look much different than regular milk. Oh my gosh. All right. We are really getting off topic now. And for- <laughs> this is when we say it's time for something we call. Go ahead, scream. That's all we need. Another victim crawls onto the gurney for a Boo Crew autopsy. The Boo Crew will be right back. He's a lycanthrope. What's that? A man who imagines himself to be a wolf. This is no imaginary wolfman. It's Lon Chaney Jr. as the real thing. There's a curse upon me. I change into a wolf. I know a man who has the power to help you. Frankenstein? Don't mention that name around this town. Dr. Frankenstein left a diary. In it are his records of the secrets of life and death. My father was a great scientist. But all he created brought unhappiness. Unhappiness and a legendary monster. Lon Chaney Jr. and Bella Lugosi battle for the heavyweight championship of horror when Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. 
This is when we discuss film recommendations, things we've seen, things we want to see, or things you tell us to check out. Jordan Peele's Nope was released this past weekend. We're not allowed to talk about it. We have not seen it, although Leo has. <laughs> this is I a- have, and I'm going to ruin it every no, second of don't it. Don't do it. Don't do it. No. But we're going to ask you, nope though, Leo. Free zone. We're going to ask you <laughs> just your overall. Did, did you love it? Like it? Just give us a little, a little bit of what you thought of it, without giving away anything of the plot. Because even if you say it's about aliens or if it's about monsters or what subterranean whatever, I don't even want to know. I just want to know if you liked it. I loved it. Wow! Thanks everybody for tuning in. We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> you loved it. Okay. I, I I loved it. I loved it because look. I always want that movie that's going to surprise me, right? And I'll tell you, I don't care if you've seen the teaser or the trailer or both and dissected it frame by frame. You have no idea what you're walking into. The movie is nothing what you think it's about. All right. That's good enough. Lauren's like, don't say anything else. Like, don't say anything else. That's awesome. I'm glad because that's the kind of experience that I've been hoping for. That's the experience Jordan Peele has designed for us with these trailers, yes. even when we got to go to that Jupiter's Claim setup at Universal Studios that they have in the back lot. Right. Even going there, we had no idea still what the movie was about, even to see that. And that is is well-curated marketing, I would say. Right? Yeah. There's nothing like not knowing. Going into seeing something totally blind is the best. And with that, we will talk about a movie that Lauren and I saw... We want you, if you have not seen this movie, to also go in totally blind. So we're not going to say too much about the details about it. But we will say our good friend and genius, William Brent Bell, is helming a little movie coming out August 19th called Orphan First Kill. And this is a prequel to a movie called Orphan that was released back in 2009. So in preparation for this new one, Lorne and I went back to check out Orphan. We had missed it the first time. I don't know why. Maybe because there was a slew of kind of these movies with, uh, you know, evil looking, scary looking kids on the poster for a while. Right. You know what? It came out in 2009. We had our first baby. Like, I feel like 2009 2009 was kind of, but also 2009 was an incredible year. That was the year Jennifer's body came out. Was it the year Drag Me to Hell came out? I think it was like there was a whole thing like I made a whole list about 2009, like all the horror movies and things that came out in 2009. It was an incredible year for the genre. We'll do a whole like year in review 2009. I think it honestly deserves it. But this movie was one of many incredible movies that came out in 2009. We missed it the first time. It was directed by Jean Colette Serra, who was behind the extraordinary House of Wax remake the fucking shallows which i love them right it's so good yeah and he's also uh helming the dc universe pick black adam starring the rock that's the next one coming out so this stars vera farmiga sorry excuse me peter sarsgaard and an 11 year old actor named isabel Furman as a couple's adopted girl esther and 
It's about a couple that decides to adopt a child, but when they take the child home, all hell breaks loose. That's all we're going to say about the plot. I feel like that's with every child. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> True. All hell breaks loose. Yes. I mean, somebody needs to make that horror movie where like hell doesn't break loose because of the child, but because of the parents, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. But for, for once, you know, it is, it's, it's phenomenal. Like, holy shit, this movie is insane. And it's like two hours of grueling insanity. Yeah. It's crazy. That will make you so unsettled. Like, if you haven't seen this movie yet, for whatever reason, like we hadn't, we are jealous of you. Yeah. I love getting to say that, right? There's very few times. We are jealous of you for getting to see it for the first time. That's true. And again, go into it knowing that this is based on true events. (laughs) It will just disturb the shit out of you. And it, like, every scene is more messed up than the last. The language will shock you. The violence is astonishing and it just drips with style. Lauren, you have anything to say about our experience with the orphan? You know what? I'll say that like a lot of the time I'm so tired. Yes. Late at night and I fall asleep through most everything and then I have to be woken up. It's just. Or we watch it over a a few days or something. Yeah. I'm just like, okay, I got to go to bed. But this one I stayed up. The full two hours, and I didn't. Yeah, and that's sleep. That's a long movie, right? A two-hour movie. Gosh, to have you awake through a two-hour movie, to have me awake through a two-hour movie these days is just unheard of. It's no matter how much caffeine or popcorn we put in front of us. But this one, we had to see it to the end, and boy, are we glad we did! And we cannot wait for the sequel. And the sequel's interesting because Isabel Furman was eleven years old when she was in. The first orphan, and she returns to play Esther in Orphan Kills, which is a prequel. So there's going to be some cinematic magic at play here that is apparently all practical, which we are so excited to see. And it's at the helms, uh, helm of a true horror master, and that's William Brent Bell, who's been making some of the coolest films over the past decade. Yeah. Like Stay Alive was his baby, yep. and The Boy, The Devil Inside, and. Uh, an amazing werewolf film called Weir back in 2013 and a beautiful horror film Separation with Violet McGraw and Rupert Friend that came out over the past couple of years. And uh, yeah, Esther makes Punky uh, makes Bad Seed look like Punky Brewster, basically. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Leo, how about you? Anything anything this week besides Nope? Yes, and it actually ties into Nope. Oh, okay. But you're not. No, but yeah, not in a way that spoils. Well, nope, though. Well, okay. No, no, no. Here's the thing, though. Shit, that scared the crap out of me, too. Okay, so we decided to put a warning here. Originally, we weren't, but thought about it for a bit, and it could be a big deal to some people. We're not going to talk about anything plot-oriented around Nope. Lorna and I still haven't even seen it, so so don't worry about that. But what we're about to discuss has something to do with someone who might may or may not be in the movie Nope, and it could be a surprise to some of you, and it might be a surprise to you. And if you want to keep that surprise, skip over this next part. We'll leave you here. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time. And if it doesn't bother you, have at it and keep listening. Just putting it out there. 
Back to the show. There is a cameo in Nope that nobody's talking about. Like, the horror community is not talking about this, and it really surprised me because when I saw him on screen, I'm like, whoa, that's blah, blah, blah. And he's in it for, like, a few scenes, you know? And it just surprised me because he is not an actor. He's a director. Interesting. On that note, I can tell you the movie I'm recommending because the movie is called The Black Coat's Daughter. Oz Perkins. Yes. Wow. (laughs) Random. I was scratching my head. I'm like, is that? And I, 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 I... I had to wait till the credits, and I'm like, yep, he's in the movie. That's so wow. random. But isn't that just giving a little bit of a spoiler? No. It doesn't play any anything. There's no plot or anything to his character. He just He's in, he's in it for... But yeah, I did not expect him to see him in the movie, so I thought, wow, that's really cool, because I never thought that he'd make a cameo in a movie. He's, he's He comes across as the shy type, you know? Yeah. Well, he and, was in... Uh, uh, what was he in? Uh, Legally Blonde, right? Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. But yeah, we had a great conversation when he came in, I believe that was what episode... 80 no was it 99 or 86 jeez yeah it had to been yeah it was 99 way back there yeah yeah and he directed one of my favorite movies which is the black coast daughter that came out in 2015 um of course the movie starts you know karen and shipka lucy boynton emma roberts as soon as i discovered it it quickly like climbed the charts it's, it's in my top favorite five top five favorite horror movies of all time which is which is weird considering that there's like decades of horror movies that, that have come before that but I just love this movie so much. You know, he, he just, I thought he crafted a movie that had a really cool twist. You know, it's one of those like blinking, you miss it moments, you know? And it's funny. Every time I recommend this movie to somebody, I say, Hey, watch this movie. And the, you know, people are always on their phones and stuff, you know, and they always miss the key scene that explains the twist. And they're like, I didn't see it. And I'm like, are you texting? Like, are you sleeping? Like that? Like, you know, it's just one of those moments, you know, um, but it's so clever and it, it, you know, the movie plays out like in two different timelines and they kind of intersect at some point and it kind of leaves you wondering like, wait, what's going on? Why is she here? Why is she there? What's going on? Who killed who? Um, but there's a lot of good stuff going on in this movie. It's basically these two Catholic schoolgirls, uh, Kiernan uh, and Lucy Boylton that get left behind at a boarding school over winter break as the girls leave, you know, uh, it, it, you know, where it's rumored that the nuns are Satanists and then there's a, you know, at the same time, there's a disturbed mental patient by played by Emma Roberts, an escapee. She's picked up by an elderly couple, played by Lauren Holly and James Ramar, who drive her to a determined trip to the same school where the girls must face a supernatural and demonic activity. But yeah, I just love this movie so much. And I think he, I believe, I remember from our conversation, this is either his first movie or his second movie, right? Because I think one was finished before the other. It was either this one or, or is it the pretty girl that lives in the house? Yeah, one of those came out first. I can't remember which one. But yeah, I love this so much, especially it has an ending, which is just like, it's a very thought-provoking ending. You know, I always tell people like, if you give me a good thought-provoking ending, like I'm going to love the movie even more. It's like, um, what was that movie um, with the three girls that were stitched together? Um, the Human Centipede. Like, you can hate the movie. You can be grossed out by the concept, the movie, the idea, or the comedy or whatever. But when you get to that ending, it's a very dark, thought-provoking ending. You're like, now what? You know, and this movie has that moment. If you're like, if you're paying attention to the plot and the characters and what's going on, you get to that ending and you're like, whoa, now what? You know, and that, that's what I love about this movie. Um, and apparently, I remember he was telling us, right, that it was shot in one of the coldest winters of all time in Canada. So insane. But I highly recommend it if, if you haven't checked this out. Um, 
And when you go check out Nope, look for his cameo. I, I swear you're not going to even recognize him, like, you know, but it's so hilarious that he's just in it. And I have yet to see the horror community mention him, you know, so I thought that was hilarious. Um, but yeah, check it out. That's very cool. And Oz, of course, directed one of my all-time favorites, which is Gretel and Hansel. Gretel and Hansel. Oh, my yeah. God. Such a good, beautiful movie. And I can't wait for Oz to make something else really, really soon, because I also can't wait to have him back in here to uh, gloat about Gretel and Hansel even more. Because I think when he had come in at the time, remember, you had seen it, Lauren, but I was like super sick and I missed the screening. That's right. Remember that? And I, uh, yeah. So I had to, we had to do the interview when you were the only one who had seen it. You were pretty open about it. And, uh, you know, I, I would just have loved to have devoured the film as many times as I have now to be able to, to talk with him and approach him, you know, after gaining that <laughs> wisdom of seeing it so many damn times yeah. and obsessing over every yeah. detail. I could talk to him forever about that movie. I think it's one of the most beautiful films ever made, hands down. So that is awesome. I love celebrating the work of Oz. Anyway, that said, we will wrap it up here. Thank you so much for your patience and putting up with us talking about the spaghetti and breast milk and about 50 million events <laughs> you can yes. be at right. or we'll, we'll be at as well. And uh, we promise more guests coming up, more episodes th- as soon as this week. That's it for the Brew Crew Podcast, episode 335. For myself, Lauren, and Leo, it is the Boo Crew saying... Sweet screams. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Boo Crew Podcast. Haunt the Boo Crew at TalesFromTheBooCrew.com. Tales from the Boo Crew on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at TalesFromTheBoo. The Boo Crew is Lauren and Trevor Shand and Leone D'Antonio. The Boo Crew is produced by Lauren Shand, chopped and sliced by Trevor Shand. The Boo Crew is a TSP creation. Part of the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. Bye. A Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. Home of the Boo Crew. For horror-centric interviews. SCP archives. Weekly full cast storytelling. Horror queers. Genre commentary from an LGBTQ perspective. And creepy. For disturbing and terrifying creepy pastas. Listen free wherever you stream audio and at bloodydisgusting.com slash podcasts.